the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, welcome, everybody. I hope you're having a blessed day. Um, uh, You are listening to Let Us Reason on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm your host, Al Fadi. And uh, uh, today is part two of a, um, a very exciting, uh, basically, story that we had last week uh, uh, with us uh, last week and today, a, um, uh, a dear uh, sister in the Lord. Um, uh, she is a former Muslim herself, uh, also from Saudi. Her name is Sahar, and last week we, she was sharing with us about her journey to Christ. And uh, Sister Sahar, thank you again for joining us uh, today. And um want to start with where we ended last time, that uh, after you had a discussion with Nabil Qureshi, and by the way, I want to remind people, Nabil Qureshi is the Nabil Qureshi of RZIM, who just uh, recently uh, published a book called Asking, uh, Answering Jihad, and before that, another book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. So this is the Nabil Qureshi that she's talking about. After your discussion with him and the metaphor he used about how God uh, basically came to save you, uh, you prayed. You said you remembered uh, uh, how we taught you to pray. You prayed. And tell us what happened after you prayed to accept Jesus. Um, my whole world changed. I knew I met my Creator, and my life will never be the same. I was filled with joy and peace that I've never experienced before. And when I start reading the Bible, I start from the beginning, reading in Matthew. And the Word became a life. Like I saw them in different eyes. And I remember the first time I I opened the Bible to read it. Uh, I remember my friend gave me the Bible, and he told me, Jesus loves you. Read it. I opened it, and I went to uh, when Jesus was cursing the fig tree. And I was like, what? If he loves me, why would he curse a fig tree? And I was like, when I read the Bible, I always criticize it. That it's wrong. It's not the truth. But that day became alive, and I know this is the Word of God, and I am in a relationship with God, that He knows me and He cares about me. He knows who I am, He knows my questions, He knows my heart, and He's there for me to love me. And I remember before when I look at the sky, uh, I never felt peace, ever, because I would do everything, but I don't feel like God is pleased with me. I always wanted to do more and more, and the more I did, the more I felt empty and nothing is really satisfying my soul. But when I became a Christian, when I look at the sky, I feel peace and I feel Jesus telling me, Sahar, I know you're a sinner, but I'm here to walk with you. I'm here to help you, to overcome your weakness. I'm here to be with you and strengthen you. 
it's just a beautiful, different view of God, how he loves us and how Satan kept that love away from me for a long time. Amen. Um, so what happened, you know, uh, after that? Um, uh, did you um, get plugged into a discipleship? Uh, did you share with this lady that uh, was witnessing to you? Was she still around you, or did you move away and then you contacted her? What happened? Uh, I was confused a little bit about who I am, because in my mind I'm Saudi and I'm a Christian. It was, <laughs> it was a confusion idea. I'm like, okay, I believe in Jesus now. I love God. I know Jesus is the truth. But the idea that I'm Christian kind of weird to my mind. Because when people were witnessing to me, I would tell them, I'm a Muslim. I will die a Muslim. I will never follow Jesus. But that that day was a confusion. And um, I remember I didn't share with people right away. I was thinking and I was reading the Bible. And then when I shared with Cynthia, she was very surprised because last conversation we had uh, that I never gonna I never gonna um, believe in Jesus and he's not God. And then when I told her, she was surprised and she told me, "Do you mean the prophet Jesus or Jesus God?" I told her, "No, Jesus is God, and everyone should know the truth." I just have so much love for people that I want to share with them this message, message of love. And uh, she believed me, and she knew me for six years, and she knew what I've been through with her. And um, what are you doing now? Um, are you, for instance, in ministry? Uh, and if so, would you like to share a little bit about that uh, with our listeners? Yes. I'm launching my ministry this summer uh, called Unveiling Beauty. And the purpose of this ministry is to equip the female believers to share the love of Christ with Muslims and to disciple the believers um, from the Gulf countries because there are a lot of them coming to faith through visions and dreams and they're going through persecution. And nobody's there really to disciple them. And I know a lot of them. So that's my heart to start this ministry and be there for them. And... Um uh, I understand, uh, at least from the brief bio that you sent, that you're involved in, in some sort of a fashion ministry. Do you, would you like to uh, uh, share about that as well? Yes, I am certified as in beauty consulting. And Muslim women in general in the Gulf countries, they love beauty and fashion. And I want to use that as an approach to do a fashion parties at home or at a church and then invite Muslim Muslim women to come. And I will talk about fashion and beauty and style, and then I want to share my testimony, the most beautiful thing that happened to me. And beauty is not just outside beauty. Beauty comes from somewhere else. Beauty comes from within. And if you're healed spiritually, if you have peace with God, that beauty comes from inside of you. Amen. Well, um, I'll revisit this uh, before we close the show uh, today, but uh, uh, tell me a little bit, um, uh, you know, t- two topics, uh, if time will allow us, of course, uh, and there is always future uh, opportunities, but uh, at least the topic of God. Uh, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric out there these days that the God of Islam is the God of Christianity, and it comes out of Christians sometimes, not necessarily a Muslim, which I understand why a Muslim will say that. 
uh, you know, now that you've crossed that boundary between Islam and Christianity, tell me if you can compare and contrast uh, how God was to you before and how he is now, and anything else you want to share about that particular topic. Um, Before, I thought God is busy and far, and like he created human, and he has nothing to do with them. He's there in his throne, waiting, like I was waiting for judgment day to be judged by God. So I was living in fear. I was never sure I will see God, I will be with God. And uh, I just felt the distance, the distance between me and him, that I can't reach him, he can't, he can't come to earth. Because my Islamic mind, you know, that God is there in heaven, he will never come here to earth. So there is this connection between human, humanity and God. He was, and, he was far, he was transcendence. It's almost like a deistic view, basically. God made everything and just left it. Yes. And I was longing to know him more, and I tried to do everything to know him more. But I never had peace with him. I was afraid of him, that he's not pleased with me. and I didn't know what to do more to please him. Now, I'm an uh-huh. uh, you were, I remember you were saying uh, you wanted to speak out your mind as a Muslim and, and, and the male members of your family will discourage you and even uh, ban you from doing that. But did you feel like the same with God? And you also were you afraid of uh, you know, speaking your mind to him, for instance? You mean being a Christian now? No, as a Muslim, did you feel like uh, you want to you wanna just ask God why you made me this way, why this and why that, or did you avoid even talking to God at all at that time? I avoided. I was so afraid of him because, you know, in Islam they believe that God will curse you, something bad will happen to you if you question or talk to him. So I never talked to him really. You know, I've never seen him as a God that I can open my heart and share with, ever. So, how did that drastically change now that you are a follower of Christ? Did you feel anything almost immediately, or was it over time that you began to understand the God of Christianity now? I felt it immediately, because the moment I accepted Him as my Lord and Savior, the moment He answered me with the verse, I felt power inside of me. I felt the power of love, and I felt that he's, he's inside of me, he's with me. And then when I shared with my family, my mom rejected me completely, and I was talking to him. And I told him, why did you choose me first? Why didn't you choose my mom or somebody else? Because I was the youngest um, in my sisters, and I'm like, why me? You know, everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I know you're the truth. And it was a sad day for me, but um, he, he speaks to me through, through dreams and he showed me the salvation of my mom. Amen. He showed, me. he showed me my mom in white, and she was reading the Bible. And she told me, I believe, come sit next to me. And we were reading the Bible together. And that gave me such peace that she will come to know him one day. I don't know when and how, but he gave me that promise. And I know he heard my cry. I know when I pray to my mom and talk to him, he answers me. Amen. Amen. And our God is faithful. Um, anything else uh, about the topic of God, for instance, that you feel like uh, um, was so powerful right now that you want to 
share just with Christians out there and even Muslim women, hopefully, that will be listening to this show? God sees us. God cares about us. God longs to be in a relationship with us because he created us to know him. That's the purpose of us being in this earth, to know him and share his glory, share about his faithfulness, share about his character, share about his love. And for people who are seeking God and they want to know God, he want to know you. He is willing to hold your hand and walk with you through this life, even though it's hard. It's, it's hard to be a Christian. It's not easy to be a Christian. But the easy part that you know he's with you, he's holding your hand, and he's walking with you through everything you go through. And he already, already um, overcome the world. He overcome death. And just having that peace and joy, knowing the Lord of the universe, cares about you and love you and want to be with you. It is crazy. It's a crazy idea that God want to love you and be with you. He would humble himself to come to this earth and be with you. Amen. Amen. Um, shifting gears, um, the topic of women, um, this is one of those things that I usually, when I'm teaching um, at churches and places, uh uh, get asked about all the time. Uh, uh, somehow, uh, Christian women assume that a Muslim woman should really automatically, uh, uh, especially if she's living in the West, should automatically compare what's going on here versus her uh, life as a Muslim and leave Islam just on virtue of the freedom that she can experience. Tell us more about that. Is that easy decision for a Muslim woman just to make uh, or... Are there barriers, even if she knew something about the truth out there? You mean becoming a Christian in the Middle East? Becoming a Christian in the Middle East or here, or just leaving Islam if she goes to the West and feeling like, oh, I have more freedom here versus uh, living uh, back home? Um, yeah, it's harder if you're back home because your family's around you. And I heard many stories of women coming to Christ and how they, they were beaten and their family tried to have them, you know, renounce their faith in Jesus. And I know many, they left. Many, they say, okay, we're Muslim, but even said they believe in Jesus. Well, it's easier to believe in Jesus if you're away. It's easy in a way, but still, if they know about you, they know about your faith, you will be disowned completely. They don't want anything to do with you. You brought a shame to the family. And sometimes, you know, they threaten them to kill them. They're like male members. They will tell them, if we find you, we'll kill you. And their life is never safe. Mm. So they have to change their names or move from place to place. Tell me, um, uh, yet again, I hear this sometimes. Is it a good strategy, really, to go to Muslim women and say, oh, by the way, look what the Quran says about you, that husband can beat you, and um, uh, they can do this and this to you. Is this a good strategy to witness to them? Or what would you advise would be the best way to approach a Muslim woman in this case? The best way is to share God's love with them and to share how Jesus loved women and he forgave women. And he was their friend. He would with them and talk to them and there are a lot of stories in the bible about god jesus walking with women and talking to women 
And uh, I don't recommend, you know, Christians like to know a lot about the Quran or read the Quran. It's good to know. So when they discuss with you, you answer them. But you should elevate Jesus. You should talk about the life. You should share about God. Because for me specifically, what made me really want to know more about Christianity, I love Jesus. I loved what my friend shared with me about him. But when we discuss Islam, I would feel like mm, she knows more. It's my faith. I should know more. She helped me to think about Islam, but I enjoyed it more when she was sharing with me about Jesus, when she would open the Bible and share with me stories about Jesus and what he did, miracles and everything he did. So I just advised my Christian friends to read their Bible with Muslims rather than attacking Islam or talking bad about women in Islam. So what I hear you saying, it's a bad strategy, which usually that's what I would say, too. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that you mean very well, the Christian woman who wants to say these things. They get frustrated. Uh, they get really uh, concerned for the safety of the Muslim woman. And they just assume that by comparing uh, your life as a free woman or a Christian woman versus your life as a Muslim woman, um, that it should be a slam dunk and an easy decision. But as you mentioned... And I want to make sure my listeners hear this. It's more complicated than you think. There is cultural barriers. There are theological barriers. And I want to add one more element. It's a spiritual warfare, and you ought to be ready for that as well in prayers and fasting. Uh, You can't just go witnessing to people and hoping for the best without trusting and relying on God himself. Amen. Yeah, prayer is big. Um, when I came to faith, I would meet a lot of women that I don't never met. And they tell me, oh, we know about you. We've been praying for you. We've been praying for you. And I know their prayers that what made me really want to know more. Because if I think in my mind, like I wouldn't go and read about the Bible or do all that unless God is drawing me to himself. Nobody says Jesus is God unless the Holy Spirit is brought me. And I know their prayers made a big difference in my spiritual life and my decision to come to know Jesus. Amen. Well, in the uh, few minutes that are left leading towards the the end of this show, uh, why don't we talk now about approaches, Um, approaches to Muslims in general and to women in particular. What do you think uh, 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 might work? Now, we know there is no step one, step two, step three. Uh, Every person comes to Christ in a different way. But what are the things that you would recommend our listeners to consider? Uh, to build a relationship, a trust relationship, because if you just want to be a friend with Muslim to just share the gospel, they know, they feel it. But just to be there, be their friends and love on them, just like any other friend you have. And then pray for a chance to share the gospel. Like recently, I have a friend who's been a friend for two years, and she's Muslim. And for one year, I never said about Jesus, nothing. I was her friend. She knows I'm Christian. She knows I'm from Saudi Arabia. She knows I go to church. And she knows about my faith. But she never asked me anything. She would just watch my life. We would hang out, talk about anything. And then a year after that, she asked me. She told me, Sahar, I noticed your life is different. And you really believe in Jesus and you're surrounded by like great women that they love God 
and I'm confused about my faith. I don't know. I feel like I'm lost. Would you please share with me why you believe in Jesus? Why did you choose Christianity? And through through that relationship, you know, that opened the door to share. But it's very important to build the trust. It's very important to uh, be authentic and just love them. And in addition to that, um, uh, what other ways, once they build a relationship and love them, uh, what other things you f- you feel like could be effective in witnessing? To pray for them, because I remember mm-hmm. I offered to pray for my friend a lot. She was going through a hard time. I would pray for her in Jesus' name. And mm, because they watch your life, you know, your life is a living testimony for Christ. And pray for them before you see them, pray with them when you're with them, they're struggling with something. And if they're ready and they want to go to church, you can invite them to church, offer to read the Bible with them. Uh, the, the Word of God is very powerful. I remember when I was a Muslim just reading with my friends, and it, it, it will always stay with me, the stories they read, the stories they share with me. Amen. And uh, let's say the person who is a female came to Christ. Now, what do you recommend happens after they come to know the Lord? Discipleship is very important. And to protect them, you know, um, when they first come to face it, it's, it's not easy because they believe and the family is against them. Just to protect them and, you know, um, be there for them as friends. And encourage them to read the Bible more and know the Word of God. And this is not easy, you know, to to leave Islam and come to Christianity. It's not easy because your whole family is against you. Amen. And uh, just want to uh, add to this that just, just a week ago, I was in a conference where there was a female uh, convert to Christianity uh, from the Middle East. I don't want to mention a specific uh, town. Uh, or country, and uh, by her own admission, her parents are not even religious. But yet, the minute they found out that she got baptized and accepted Christ, when we were in a conference, she received calls with threats from the father, the brother, the mother, daily. The whole conference, every day, there is something happening. And uh, people in the West don't don't realize that those things take place and how close-knit Middle Eastern people are and how honor and shame is very important, and so on and so forth, I would uh, submit to you that if she, this girl that I'm mentioning, or the uh, the convert, if she would have told her parents she became an atheist, they would have left her alone. But the mm-hmm. fact that she became a follower of Jesus and got baptized, that's a, that's a complete dishonor for them, and they know now what that means. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, once again, Sister Sahar, um, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? And um, if you care to share, uh, of course, a website or something like that, uh, that's what I mean. And uh, once again, what is uh, the nature of your ministry right now so people can uh, uh, hopefully come across it uh, or utilize your services in the future? Well, um, I don't have a website yet, but I have an email address that they can contact me. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And what is that? Unveiling.beauty.m at gmail.com. So it's beauty.m as in Mike, at gmail, you said? Gmail.com, right. 
Okay. So this is how they can get a hold of you. And the nature of this uh, ministry is the beauty consultant, like you said, and it encourages sharing the gospel through the beauty from within, uh, basically. And that uh, can people basically uh, try to set up something with you at churches and things like that? Yeah, yeah. And even at home, a small party will be great. Well, well, we pray that this would happen. Hopefully my listeners will take you up on that offer. And uh, uh, if you are uh, tuning in, uh, thank you uh, uh, for listening to uh, Let Us Reason on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm your host, Al-Fadi, and with me uh, today and last week uh, is a dear sister in Christ, a former Muslim from Saudi. Her name is Sahar. She has a, uh, a beauty consultant, basically, um, ministry. And we encourage you to lift her up in prayer, uh, her and her family, and uh, others like her, and uh, we pray that we'll have more and more testimonies like this. And uh, you can always contact me directly at uh, Sira Ministries, uh, Ministries plural, Sira, C-I-R-A, the name of my ministry, Sira International. So it is Sira Ministries at gmail.com. And as always, until we meet again, have a blessed week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.